The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, Episode 96. Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV, series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the first season Star Trek Discovery episode, Lethe. And joining me today on the panel is Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, Father Corey couldn't be with us this week, so uh, it's just going to be the two of us. Folks, if you would uh, kindly remember to like The Secrets of Star Trek on Facebook, on our Facebook page, where we're facebook.com slash Media, and retweet us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN, and uh, leave comments on those posts. and. All those things help us to boost the social media algorithm and get these uh, the shows out in front of the people who've actually asked to be notified when they're out there. Uh, and uh, so we would really greatly appreciate that. So we're talking about uh, this episode. We've, we're moving through the, the episodes of the first season of Star Trek Discovery one at a time, and we're up to the sixth episode called Lethe. Jimmy, what does the word Lethe mean? Is that Latin? Greek. And it's interesting, for once we have a title uh, that's just one word in Star Trek first season (laughs) Discovery. I mean, normally we get something like, the lamb's not cries for the butcher's choice of his pain to drive the maddest sane, or something like that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so lethe is a Greek word, and it means forgetfulness. It also can mean oblivion or concealment, and it's one of the five rivers in Hades. Okay. So, like, when you're in the afterlife, you can drink from the river Lethe and forget what happened on Earth and stuff. And in thinking about the title, I mean, obviously, in hindsight, this is an Ash Tyler-centric episode. Yes. And he doesn't know it, but... And spoilers, and this is an old show, but he is a sleeper <laughs> agent. He's forgotten his previous life as a Klingon. Right. But also, in a more straightforward way, Sarek is, seems to be having forgetfulness and be in oblivion and is hiding things in his memory from Michael. And right. so he might be part of, the, part of the forgetfulness or oblivion as well. That probably yeah. I'm I'm thinking most fans assumed when they first saw this that the forgetfulness was the forgetfulness of Sarek, uh, mm-hmm. but but there's a few people in here who have uh, who have bringing up memories from the past and that forget things. Uh, we yeah. could say that Lorca also mm-hmm. has some lost memories because he doesn't have them in the first place because he's not the Lorca we think he is. Right, and also when this episode first aired, as we, I, I know I talked about this in a previous podcast, but I thought that the Lethe was Admiral Cornwell because mm. she looks strikingly like a character that appears in Star Trek: The Original Series, who is like her, 
not only looks like her, but is a psychiatrist right. who has had something traumatic happen to her and has forgotten it on purpose and so is like going by the name Lethe. Right, 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 right. But, uh, but that, it turns out not to be her because yeah. the traumatic thing that ends up happening to Admiral Cornwell eventually is death. So it wasn't the same psychiatrist that looks right. strikingly like this. Well, that's an actually interesting point is Cornwell was supposed to die at the end of this episode. That was the original plan for her character. Hmm. And they changed it to being captured. And I, I think that's interesting. And, and, and it. It's a slightly more interesting uh, uh, character arc and arc for the plot arc for the se- season because it means that she's still out there. Uh, we, we're, I think we get the sense, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, is that Lorcas sort of engineers her capture. Yes. Oh, very yeah. clearly. Yeah, and and that's because she was on to him. Yep. As we later find out, and so um, having her still out there coming back creates this plot tension, this thing tickle in the back of our mind that she's out there ready to come back and reveal that that Lorca isn't who he say, says he is. So uh, I, I prefer that ending for her than, than just having her be killed by the Klingons at, at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's uh, jump back to the beginning of the episode and talk about you know, the how it starts. Uh, it starts with a view of, the, of a Vulcan city and Sarek going on a diplomatic mission. I like that the... the uh, the design of the the Vulcan designs they've got in this series. Mm-hmm. They've really, I, I think of all the things that they've changed, the one thing they really haven't changed that much is what Vulcan sort of looks like. And, and yeah. uh, they've updated it. We have, you know, Vulcan plants now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which we did before, but that's kind of nice. And so um, he's, he goes on this diplomatic mission with his aid. To and, the Cancri system. Right. And it's like, how interesting. I would never have guessed that in the constellation of Cancer, there is only one system. Apparently, all <laughs> of the other stars in Cancer don't have any planets. So there's just one system you can refer to as the Cancri system. <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe yeah, maybe they, not every star has, has planets, I guess. Uh, mm, yeah. Most of them do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so uh, we see um, just this, him going on this mission. Then we, get, we flip to Discovery. And we have this scene of uh, Burnham and Tilly jogging on the, through the, the corridors, and Burnham has become this mentor to help Tilly become a, a Starfleet captain. Uh, and she's one, micromanaging her diet. <laughs> right, right. Well, one thing that's interesting with this jogging thing is, because they had so little set of hallway, it took them eight hours to film this, this scene of jogging. Mm-hmm. Because they only had enough hallway for 10 seconds of dialogue. So they had mm. to keep resetting every 10 seconds. I just thought that was hysterical. They must have been exhausted after all that jogging all day long. Uh, but yes, they, they go to... Uh, I also like the uh, the micromanaging of the, the diet. Um, I agree with uh, Burnham, by the way. Roasted uh, tomato salsa is great. And I do love the fact that it is a good source of lycopene. Or yeah, whatever that I, was. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. What I don't like is the weird way the replicator is like trying to upsell everything oh it gives you. I mean, it's like two delicious breakfast burritos and, you know, <laughs> a healthy and nutritious this or that. It's like, stop upselling me. I'll, you know, <laughs> right. I just want to go Alexa settings, turn off upsell. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was 
I don't want my 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 food processor to to be telling me whether I'm eating a healthy meal or not. I'm 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 a grown up. I could figure it out, and I'm guessing most of these Starfleet officers could figure it out too. Uh, then we have uh, Lorca and Tyler Ash Tyler, who recently released from Klingon prison for eight months, as far as we know, uh, running a a battle simulation on a holodeck. And uh, Lorca talks about checking out Tyler's background here. You know, uh, do you, do you think I'd be letting letting you play with these toys, meaning phasers, if I didn't? Well, well evidently you didn't do a good maybe. enough job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, he also, though, he's a little surreptitious about it. I mean, before he makes that reveal, he's asking him questions about his background. And yeah. he says, like, so where are you from? Oh, I'm from near, I'm from near Seattle, or, or I'm from Seattle. And then he later comes back with, actually, you're, you're from this tiny little town that's near Seattle, but not in Seattle. Yeah, I checked you out. Yeah, I, I think that's nitpicky. I, I don't actually live in Boston, but if I'm on the other side of the galaxy and someone asks where I'm from, I say I'm from Boston. Yeah, like, same. I don't same, live. Yeah. Same thing with me in San Diego. I'm not yeah. actually in the city limits of San Diego, but in the greater <laughs> metropolitan area. Well, because it's kind of pedantic to say, I live in Holbrook, Massachusetts, which is where? Like, I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but. So he, when he Lorca offers Tyler the job as security chief, because remember the last security chief met an untimely end at the tardigrades uh, clause, mm -hmm. uh, he he notes that Tyler fights like a Klingon, which I think is very interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit of the writers revealing a little bit to us there. Uh, it's all right there for us to find, but we we don't see it at the time. Also, it's just how prudent is it to take this guy you just broke out of prison with and make him your security chief? Which is the the uh, problem that Cornwell brings up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's very interesting. Um, it, on on by the way, the most important ship in Starfleet, the key to defeating the Klingons in the war. Yeah, your security chief. Yeah, that not, Lorca doesn't is not making prudent moves. Uh, back to Sarek and his mm -hmm. aide on the the ship. It turns out that the aide is a Vulcan logic extremist, as we've seen them before, who mm -hmm. has turned himself into a bomb. Uh, he's, which is yeah. a very interesting thing. So he, he injects himself in his arm, which starts glowing, and then the glow starts spreading to the rest of his body as he's monologuing about how we need to disentangle ourselves from humans. Mm -hmm. And Sarek is wasting time not beaming him out, and that's the whole reason Sarek's <laughs> shuttle gets damaged and his right. life is endangered, because he just listens to this monologuing instead of doing the obvious thing and getting rid of this guy before he can detonate. He puts a shield up around him, but apparently the shield is not sufficient to contain the blast. But yeah, um, I, I guess the Vulcan uh, logic extremists are f for FedExit. Yeah. Instead of Brexit, FedExit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, little uh, little pun there. But uh, yeah, they're anti-Federation. It's the same sort of people who are against uh, uh, Sarek bringing, you know, taking in and Burnham. And vaccines having and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh so uh, that's that sets up the major A plot for this episode, which is uh, saving Sarek. Uh, meanwhile, we have Tyler and Tilly. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Burnham and Tilly in the cafeteria. Stacy, Ash, Tyler there. Tilly's all you know. Ooh, who's the, who's the new hottie? And then they go over and Tilly's it's fun. like playing matchmaker. Between yeah, Burn between Burnham and Ash, who looks yeah. like a grown up Wesley, like a suntan. I was really <laughs> struck. He looks like Wesley Crusher, all grown up with a suntan. Right, <laughs> that's right. He kind of does. Um, they, uh, but but before too much can happen here, T Michael 
collapses. As a Katra attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, her, the, when the Katra attacks. And she collapses, and she has this long-distance mind meld with Sarek and goes back in her memory, or his memory, I think it is, actually. Yeah. Uh, but to an event where they both were. Uh, At Vulcan so, graduation day. Yeah. And it's a moment when she thinks she failed. So she wasn't selected for something called the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. I'm not, I'm not sure if we've ever been told what that is, but it, maybe it's some sort of... I think it's of, a kind of you know Vulcan Expeditionary Group, but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, it, logically, that would be the case. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, what we'll eventually learn is that Sarek had wanted her and Spock to be selected for it. But then it turns out they would only take one not full Vulcan for the job. So he torpedoed her application in favor of Spock. But then, of course, Spock uh, spurned that and went and, off to Starfleet. So so Sarek feels like a total failure as a result of that because he right. did have a chance to get one of his kids into this program and he blew it. Right. He, he, and, and now there's a little bit of guilt here. For he hurt Burnham unnecessarily, even while and meanwhile she spent all this time thinking she's the one who failed and disappointed him, which mm -hmm. you know the, the, Sarek is not father of the year at this point. Yeah, <laughs> so he he does get to redeem himself though in uh, to some degree in the search for Spock, where he gets Spock's Katra reunited, and this right. episode with dealing with Surak's Katra and long distance stuff and who's got a piece of the Katra because Michael does. She yep. had, she, after the initial explosion, when she was a child, he had used his Katra to heal her, and so she carries a piece of his Katra, which is why she can have this long-distance force chat with him. Right. And <laughs> that <Mel> also <laughs> sets up the search for Spock, where we have someone with someone else's Katra, and they can be reunited. You know, you, you said something, you said the, the long-distance force chat. Yeah, that, this has a an uncanny resemblance to things that happen in in the, the latest Star Wars movies, which uh, mm -hmm. we're now uh, I think about four months removed from it. So that's about uh, uh, enough time for spoilers free. But if you if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled, you know, skip ahead about two two three minutes. But where both uh, Ray and Kylo, Kylo Ren have long distance force chats and. They can pass healing back and forth. They can pass life force to heal each other. Uh, so it is kind of interesting, the synchronicity between between these shows. Uh, Star Trek Discovery did it first. Although the, the I think the Force chat came first in Star Wars. Yeah, because that was in the, Episode Eight. That yeah. was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I, although the, might have this been was the maybe around the same time. Yeah, 2017. So yeah, it's very interesting anyway. <laughs> what if they talk? But uh, so Burnham wakes it, up. Yeah, because Sarek, like, totally bans her from the from the Force Chat channel. <laughs> yeah, he, he, like, blasts her out of it uh, physically in the in the memory. Um, she wakes up and, and tells how, you know, he shared the Katra with her, and they find out that from Starfleet that Sarek was on his way to a meeting with the heads of two Klingon houses who want to help end the war. So, you know, it's a, it's a sort of uh, peace talks that Sarek was heading to. Oh, those Vulcans, they do like their peace talks. They do. Uh, and Lorca is ordered by Starfleet Command to not go anywhere near it, that the, the Starfleet will send, you know, a ship. For reasons. For reasons, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. 
<laughs> it's again, it's the most important ship in all of Starfleet. Blah 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 blah. You know, we can't risk it. Well, Lorca disobeys. He just goes. Anyway. Oh, he totally disobeys the Vulcan admiral to his face. It's like <laughs> yeah. tell him, tell him, tell the Vulcans I'm on my way. Bye. <laughs> and and why? Because Burnham asked him to. We we're starting to see like these the how Lorca. It favors Burnham. Like he wants to do anything he can to make her happy, to keep her happy. And it doesn't make any sense until we find out what the relationship is between Lorca and Burnham in the mirror universe. And, Mm -hmm. and so he's, he's kind of carried some of that over to this woman who's not his Burnham. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, we, we get a a nice, uh, moment with Stamets who is suddenly, this is the Stamets personality change. He's all groovy now. He's no mm-hmm. longer that snarky jerk he was. Uh, and he, his mind is blown by the idea of a mental link among all consciousness. And he's kind of going on like he's been smoking something for a little bit yeah. <laughs> with his buddies. The plan is, though, he's going to build a neural mind thingy to augment the mind meld that Michael has with Sarek so she can wake him up and he can turn on the transponder of his shuttle and we can find him. Right. And you might say, well, shouldn't the transponder be active already and shouldn't it like even if it's turned off shouldn't it activate you know upon a problem with the shuttle like an explosion inside of it and the answers normally would be yes but remember secret diplomatic mission (laughs) that's true secret part is why you want to turn that transponder thing off and not and interrupt its normal activation protocols right that's true right and then and they're stuck in some kind of nebula because you know you have to be stuck in a nebula yeah. Which makes you hard to find. Uh, so Burnham has to go out in a shuttle with Ash Tyler and Tilly into the nebula to establish this boosted mind meld. Hey, teen gang. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, Lorca tells Tyler, bring Burnham back unscratched or don't come back at all. <laughs> Which is, you know, okay, I guess uh, I'll bring her back then. Um, w- w- then we have Lorca in his quarters. Uh, we... Uh, it- he gets a call from Cornwell, but before he does, he's looking at this multicolored holographic display that we're going to see several times in this season. And what we'll find out is this is a display of the parallel universes of the mirror universe and our universe uh, that that he's looking at. He's uh, apparently trying to figure out how he's going to get back or how or whatever. And so again, another one of these instances where the producers are just kind of throwing the clues out in front of us, waiting for us to go back and watch it again and go, oh. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. So we'll see there. But uh, Cornwell gives him a call, and she's mad that he launched an unauthorized rescue mission using a convicted mutineer in a POW who's just returned from prison. And Lorca vouches for Tyler again, you know, which is, again, mm-hmm. a bad idea. Yeah. He's, <laughs> we'll she's also out. generally wor- She's not just mad at him because he's doing this imprudent stuff. She's also worried for him because right. it turns out they're old buds and apparently used to be boyfriend and girlfriend, and she's genuinely concerned about what's happening with him and his right. career and his mental stability in this war. Right. Yeah, he's acting out of character ever since the inc- incident where his ship was destroyed and he was the only survivor. Right. Except as which we'll find is, out. And there's a reason why that was the point at which he started acting differently, because that's when Mirror Lorca crossed over into our universe. Right. Exactly. So Burnham goes back into Sarek's memories again, and, and they totally matrix on each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, before they do that, we, we see Amanda that gives Michael 
a copy of Alice in Wonderland, which is a book that will be important in the second season uh, when we're looking for Spock, uh, uh, who's having his dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, or whatever the, whatever we want to call yeah. what You're he's doing. You're not the real Spock. You're the mastermind. <laughs> right. And they uh, they start fighting uh, Vulcan style, uh, which is kind of fun, and until Tilly pulls Michael out. Um, yeah, by the way, the nebula seems to be made of colored Christmas tinsel rather than gas. I you noticed know, that. It's all yeah. these little fragments. It looks like someone really just took a shredder, like Wolverine was opening his Christmas presents one morning and <laughs> threw all this stuff out into space. Yeah, it looks more like the uh, wormhole of the prophets than it does like a nebula, but no. Well, mm-hmm. nebula are just things out in space. We just have to, you know, whatever the producers think to, to show us they are, that's what we have to accept. So... In Sarek's memory, Burnham goes back in again. Sarek now admits to Burnham that he failed her, and in his memory they meld, but they they're melding inside the mind meld. I thought it was Ooh, interesting. Meta. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, you're gonna invert the matrix, and everything's gonna be all messed up. Then, uh, so th- so we have this admission of his failure to to her, and she's trying to convince him that you know to come back anyway. Uh, Cornwell, meanwhile, Cornwell and Lorca, as you say, they used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. They kind of rekindle the romance. Um, it, it, uh, they're in- Which is a total distraction on right. Lorca's part. I mean, it's like Cornwell's getting too close to the truth, so let's seduce her to change the topic. Right. But what happens is, is you know, he falls asleep. She sees an unfamiliar scar on him. Like, where'd that one come from? He wakes up. She he, touches it. And she that, touches it. Yeah. yeah. And then he pulls a phaser on her. He, like, jumps on top of her and is about to kill her, Like, which is a, you know, standard mirror universe response to being woken up by someone. Someone but touching not, your scars while you're asleep, yeah. Yeah, not in this one. And she freaks out, justifiably, uh, and she says, here's the line, the truth is, you're not the man you used to be. And he thinks to himself, you, you ain't kidding, lady. Yeah, you're the mastermind. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh... Lorca then tells Cornwell, well, Sarah can't make that meeting. Maybe you should go to that meeting instead. You're the perfect uh, person to go instead of him. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. She, she, she also points out to him that he must have been lying on his psych evaluations and lied so brilliantly he told everybody what they wanted to hear. Right. And so he fooled everybody, but she's going to have the discovery taken away from him right and he's like this ship is all i have i can't lose it so please don't do that and what he's really thinking is this the ship is my ticket back home uh and yeah. i can't let you take it away from me so he's the one uh, he, yeah they, they by this, by this point him. they've they've rescued yeah. sarak right after some various things including a suggestion from ash tyler that because initially Burnham is broken up about the fact that Sarek is focusing on graduation day, where as far as she knows, she failed to make the cut right. to get into the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. So his dying thoughts are on her failure. Right. And Ash Tyler, back in the shuttle, says, no, that's not what happens when you are dying. I've been there. And when you're dying, you don't think about someone else's greatest disappointment to you you think about your own failure sarek thinks he failed here in some way talk to him about that and that's what eventually you know she goes back in she kicks 
Sarek's butt. He's got green, bright green temper paint on him, you know, all of a sudden. <laughs> right. And she's like, tell me the truth here, Dad. And it's like, okay, you made the cut. I'm the one who failed here. Right. We think about our regrets, maybe, at our death, not about how others have failed us. Yeah. Uh, so Unless you're a psychopath. Unless you're a psychopath, right. Um, so... Meanwhile, uh, Lorca. Oh, I, I like also yeah. the Vulcan elder in uh, with the expeditionary group that Sarek yeah. is talking to, because you know Sarek's trying to integrate Vulcans and human society. So he's got Spock and Michael as his kind of two test cases, and the Vulcan elder says that the introduction of humans into Vulcan society is laudable. So he's on board with it, but he says it must be titrated, and it's like yes. Nice use of the word titrate. <laughs> Titration is what happens when you like step up or down a medication slowly because it's too dangerous to do all at once. It's like if you're yeah. on heart meds and you need to change heart meds or psych meds and you need to change psych meds, you don't want to just go cold turkey on or off these things. You want to step it up and step it down, and that's titration. So the Vulcan elder is saying, yeah, let's all by all means, let's integrate humans into Vulcan society. But we got to do it a piece at a time or it's going to be too disruptive. So you can have right. one of your kids on the Vulcan Expeditionary Group, but just one for now. Right. It, it's totally something a scientist would say. You know, they, mm -hmm. they would import that. Yep. Uh, Lorca ends, ends up uh, offering Burnham a post on the bridge. He, uh, he basically says, I'm rehabilitating you. You're, you're back in. Uh, although still no rank, not official Starfleet member. Specialist. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like sort of a consultant. Uh, for well, now. specialist is a rank. Is it still a rank in Starfleet? Is uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a non-com rank. Yeah, it might be. It, it might be. Yeah, because that's we have things like that in the army. But uh, so uh, it might be. But she's certainly outside the chain of command. Still, she won't get f uh, fully reinstated until the end of this ep uh, season. Mm -hmm. uh, so later on, uh, the. She encounters Tilly, who's back running again, training for becoming a captain, I guess. And uh, she says, Tilly, I gave you bad advice. You know, find your own way to the captain's chair. And then Tilly says, I have, but doesn't explicate it. What do you think? It was, it, I have, I'm, I'm doing, I'm integrating my way with the advice that you gave me. I maybe, or I'm just going to copy you. <laughs> right, right. My my own way is the way you uh, have gone. The way you so successfully got to the captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe no, maybe she's not the best one to get advice from for how to become a captain in Starfleet. So oh, I I have a note here where the it, the, uh, the the replicator again comments on uh, green tea as a good source of nutrients and antioxidants, and I'm like, yeah. if the replicator is going to comment on the quality of my food choices, I'm going to go make food in my own quarters because I'm mm. <laughs> done with that. So. Burnham she goes to see uh, Sarek in sick bay, and uh, he kind of uh, he's kind of uh, off. Pu he pushes her away. He doesn't want mm -hmm. to uh, confront what she now knows about him. And uh, see, uh, what does he say? Uh, she says, "You know, we're family. We we should we should talk to one another." He says, "Well, technically, I'm not. We're not blood related." And she says, "Yeah, nice try. Yeah, yeah." So he he's like, I think. It's one of those statements that if you don't know someone, it could really feel hurtful. Mm -hmm. But within a family situation, you kind of know how that you know how it's meant. I it's think even in a family situation, that's hurtful. She's just got a jerky Vulcan dad. Well, but it can be hurtful. But sometimes there are things that you can say among family that 
to other people or to other in other families it would be hurtful but among you it's it's just it's a running gag or you, you kind of know. Yeah, but this isn't a running gag with them. I mean, this is she's Maybe. asking him to open up about something really personal. And he's like, I technically I'm not your father. Right. I guess so. Yeah. He's, I guess he says uh, she says, help me understand what you did. It can make us grow closer. And he says and she says, that's what families do. He says, technically, we're not related. And she's you can do better than that one. Yeah, uh, I've got <laughs> I've got a piece of your Katra, dad. OK, you, you don't don't go there with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so she says, uh, you always knew she couldn't be what Sarek needed her to be, but now she realizes he can't be what she needs either, which, you know, ouch. <laughs> yeah. But she also says she's saying this to Ash Tyler and it's like, it's kind of liberating actually. Right. I, I'm just true. not going to, I'm not going to get what I want from him. So I shouldn't even try and I'll be right. happier not trying. Right. Uh, was it, was it, uh, Tyler who says, uh, how's your Vulcan dad? <laughs> <laughs> or was that Tilly? I just thought that was a funny line. How's your Vulcan dad? Um, At least you didn't say, who's your Vulcan daddy? <laughs> yeah. So uh, which, there's, a, there's a very interesting exchange here between her and Tyler. She's, uh, says, um, she says, all my life, the conflict inside me has been between logic and emotion, but now it's my emotions that are fighting. I think about him and I want to cry, but I have to smile and I feel angry, but I want to love and I'm hurt, but there's hope. What is this? And Ash says, it's just being human. And I just had to laugh because knowing who Ash is, who's not mm-hmm. at all human. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was uh, interesting. And then we end the episode. We have a lot of irony in this episode with oh, these yes. people who aren't what they think they are or aren't who they're portraying themselves as being. Yeah. I can imagine in that writer's room, there was a lot of this going on and, oh, let's put this in there. Oh, let's put that in there. Yeah. To- this episode is really a mirror funhouse of deception yeah. with these characters. <laughs> right. Right. Lots of in, in- jokes, too, uh, for later revelation. But so we end the episode with this Cornwell going to this Cancri four, and uh, she and the the Cancrians, <laughs> the Cancri, mm-hmm. I think they elders are, of Cancri. Yeah, they're uh, betrayed there's... by the Klingons. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're, and then uh, she's taken captive, and uh, Lorca, you know, Sue's like, oh, she's been captive. We get, let's go rescue her too now. Uh, you know, just like we just rescued Sarek, break all the rules. And Lorca's like, oh no, let's not rush in. Uh, you know, we have to ask Starfleet for orders, and, and he thinks it might be a trap, he says. But, you know, we know really why he's not rushing in, because yeah. she was going to take his ship away. Yeah, because as she was getting ready to leave, she says, because he's made this appeal about this ship is all I have, and she says, when I get back, you know, she doesn't want to just totally throw him under the bus. When I get back, we'll talk about how you step down and get help. And right. then maybe after you've gotten help, we can get you back to this ship, but no promises. Right. So she's still determined to, to, to get him out of the captain's chair on the Discovery. And so she then goes to Cancri 4, and it turns out this was all a trap to capture Sarek, but the, the Klingons are even happier to have this Federation admiral for some reason. And so they take her into custody, and Saru is the one, you know, Mr. Cautious right. is the one who says to Lorca, hey, let's let's go and rescue her. And all of a sudden, and that kind of breaks with Saru's previous pattern of being super cautious, but uh, Lorca says, nope, notify Starfleet, and if we are ordered, we will go get her. But, and he, suddenly he starts quoting 
Cornwell's own lines about, but this is this the discovery is bigger than this, and it can't be lost, and I'm not going to rescue her without authorization. So suddenly he's sounding like he's had a total conversion to Cornwell's point of view, like maybe he's being a good boy, you know, to try to stay in command that way. So he can say when she gets back, you know, hey, I, I did exactly what you would have wanted. And then as Saru is scratching his head leaving, we get a reverse camera angle on Lorca and he's got a phaser in his stuck in his in his in, in his belt behind right. his back. So he and and previously uh, Cornwell had like, what you are keeping a phaser by your bed? And it's like, right. OK, lots of people have had guns by their beds in history. I mean, that's not so unusual, but uh but Maybe answering the door yeah. in your Starfleet ship with a gun stuck in your back belt, that's a sign that there is something really right. wrong mentally going on. Well, it's something, you'd, again, you'd see in the Mirror Universe, but but not here. So it's another one of those clues that he's not who yeah. he says he is. Um, there is one line he gives uh, as, he, as uh, Cornwell's getting on the shuttle to go to the ambush. Uh, he he does tell her, "May fortune favor the bold, Admiral," which is an homage, by the mm-hmm. way, to DS Nine when uh, uh, Cisco says uh, that fortune favors the bold. Uh, the the which, writer of this episode said that specifically oh. was because it homage. is a it is a traditional saying as well. Fortune favors the bold. Right, right. Uh, so very very interesting. A little bit of uh, trivia there. So, uh, anything else, Jimmy, on this episode as we wrap it no, up? No, no. I think that I think that's it. It was an it was a pretty fun episode. Yeah, I mean, a lot. You, it it's it's one of the better ones when you're rewatching it after having seen the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're going to go back and watch something, this this might be one of the ones to go back and rewatch, knowing what you know now. It's a sort of a sixth sense sort of thing. Like, oh, that's what that you know the the movie The Sixth Sense. Now I understand. So, uh, yeah, de- definitely I would recommend that if, if you haven't yet. So as we wrap things up, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Nick R., Jamie N., Michael L., and Tony G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits this show for us every week. And so what do you all think of this episode of Discovery called Lethe? Uh, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the original series episode, Balance of Terror. That's one of Ooh. the best ones, I think. Yeah. Until then, uh, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Dom, and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, don't apologize for excellence. <laughs>